Well, praise the Lord. This here's Pastor Jerry Roberts, again, coming to you wherever you're at, maybe in your home, your vehicle, uh, on some kind of device there, praise God. It's amazing what uh, we have nowadays to be able to uh, connect uh, with individuals and people around the world. Anyway, we're honored to be here with you. We're honored to uh, take, bring the Word of God to you, praise God, and we're just blessed that you're, uh, you're hungering for the Word, praise God. That's the way it should be. Also, I just want to maybe put a little plug out there and just say, uh, let us know what's, uh, you know, how we're, uh, how we're doing. You know, connect with us. Let us know how you're doing. Praise God. Uh, uh, if you're enjoying this, uh, you know, let us know about it. Praise God. We get, we get thrilled when you hear some, uh, uh, get an email or some kind of a message from uh, folks around the world. It's always a, a pleasure and a, a delight to, uh, to hear from you. So, praise God. Anyway... Uh, we're going to jump into the Word here. Uh, we're doing our, kind of our midweek service, and of course what we've been doing is ministering concerning our patriarchs of faith, bringing out different uh, things that they've done that, uh, that we can glean from and learn from. So let's open with our uh, opening text again, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let's see here, we're going to go to verse 11 again. It says, now all these things happen to them as examples. Now, of course, uh, this is the children of uh, Israel. Uh, and of course, some of the things that are mentioned in this text are obviously stuff that uh, wasn't all that great. But it says that these things happen to them as an example, uh, you know, a pattern, things to learn, a model, things you can learn from. And they were written, it said, for our admonition or our instruction, our teaching, all right, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, you can learn, you can learn this is stuff you learn. It doesn't matter. You're gonna, you can glean and learn this till the Lord returns. So this is just things you should know and things you should learn and glean. So that's what's going on. Now, of course, what we've been doing over the last really six months, it has been, it's been six months now that we have been uh, doing this, uh, working on this in our midweek services. And we have, of course, talked about, uh, you know, you know, I don't know how many, maybe 15 different individuals that we've maybe discussed so far uh, in my time with you on the midweeks. Uh, today, we're going to do the same thing. Um, today, we're going to talk about a man named Noah, all right, and glean some things from Noah. So we're going to go to Hebrews 11, all right, Hebrews 11, which actually was kind of a, with this series, is kind of a, uh, maybe a common text for us, right, because there's so many of our patriarchs of faith that are mentioned in there for their acts of faith, and, and uh, so that's what we're going to do again, Hebrews 11. This time, we're going to come in, verse 7 is what we're going to do. All right, so verse 7 of Hebrews 11, and uh, it says this, By faith Noah, in other words, through his act of faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he uh, condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Now, um, that last part there just talks about... Uh, uh, his act of faith, uh, what he did basically drew a line between good and evil, all right? So that's the kind of thing about, about Noah, and that's something that does come up here. In fact, the message translation says it this way, that his act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of this world and the righteous of this world, all right? So that's kind of how it words it, um, which is pretty accurate, okay? I mean, that's, that's the thing about him. He's a preacher of righteousness, and so what happened is, that, uh, you know, he uh, drew a line. You know, he lived for God. 
Amen. And that's kind of some things we're going to talk about here. Let's back up beginning this verse. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Now, a lot of times you might speed read that and look at that as something, you know, something that was told of what's going to head in the future here, which is accurate. It's not, that's not wrong. But really, in all honesty, it says not yet, not yet seen. Uh, so the whole thing about the water, the rain, the flood, this is stuff that's never been seen. Okay, so most of your scholars agree that uh, uh, this whole thing with the, the rain coming down, the way it did, everything was something that the earth had never seen up to that point. Uh, so here, they are, you know, he's been told us something and, you know, and then getting instructed on what he needs to do. Of course, it was build an ark. Okay, and then, um, you know, him and his family get to, you know, and, and then uh, two of, of every animal. Okay, and the idea is that... Uh, Everything, everything else is going to, is basically going to die, okay? So anyway, uh, you know, you can imagine uh, this man being told that and then following through with it, even though, you know, I, you can imagine how many times people asked him, you know, what are you doing? What are you building? Why is this? How come that? Whatever. And yet, you know, he f just stuck with it and kept doing what he was supposed to do. The, uh, um, the, Passion Translation says that he stepped out in reverent obedience to God, is how it words it. And this, uh, my translation says he was moved with godly fear. I think the old King James says he was uh, moved by fear or with fear. And it's talking about reverence, okay? Uh, the word there, moved with godly fear, is actually uh, one Greek word. And it means uh, religiously reverent. It means moved with fear, again, is what the old King James uses. And R says, moved with godly fear, but it means motivated by reverence. Okay, moved or motivated by reverence. And that's probably going to be the title of my message here. M motivated by reverence. Okay, everything he did was based on his reverence toward God. Amen. His reverence toward God. Let's look at, uh, let's go to Genesis now. Genesis chapter 6. And just briefly, we're not going to be able to read everything about Noah's life here, but we are going to touch on a few things about Noah himself, okay? Uh, let's see here. Um, we're going to go to chapter 6, verse 8. And, of course, God's already basically said he's, he's going to uh, destroy everything. Uh, he said, but Noah, verse 8, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Found grace. Now, that word grace uh, in, in this particular text it means favor, kindness, but it means due credit or respect. So Noah uh, found due credit or respect in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, because of his reverence, because of his uh, fear of God, okay, which is, I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag here, right? So uh, because of his honor and respect toward God, uh, Noah also finds respect in the eyes of the Lord, all right? You sow it, you reap it, praise God, amen. Verse 9 says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. That's how it starts. He's a just man, which that word just means a man, a lawful man, a righteous man, a do right by God man. That's what that means. In other words, he was willing to do right because it was right, okay? He was a just man, and it said perfect in his generations. That word means complete, uh, sound, undefiled, uh, without spot or without blemish. 
uh, also refers to integrity and sincerity. These are also some words in that same, uh, with that Hebrew word there defined there. So uh, we're seeing a man that's walking right, okay, doing what's right, living what's right, amen, without spot, without blemish, all right? And then it says, Noah, verse 9 again, Noah walked with God. Now, we've talked about that in, in other texts. Halak is the Hebrew word, and it just, it just means to commune or to fellowship with, um, to follow as a companion, be occupied with, to walk about with, to live life with, okay? But it's referring to communing and fellowshipping. Literally, when you break it down, the word refers to small talk. So uh, we see also uh, Noah was one of those men that conversed with God on a regular basis, had an intimacy with God, obviously followed God, obviously did what he was supposed to do, lived clean, lived right. And I'm going to say this because if you go back and you read all through this, you find out that it was a nasty, uh, nasty place at the time, okay? A lot of stuff going bad, a lot of a lot of negative things, a lot of bad things going on, and yet in the midst of this corrupt, crooked generation, here he is with his family living right, living clean, doing what's right, and that's why in Hebrews it talked about, you know, basically, you know, he was like a, 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 a dividing line, okay? You could tell, I mean, he knew the difference between uh, dark and light, evil and good, all right, there, he was like that, that sharp line uh, between it, praise God, hallelujah, and that's how he lived. He lived clean, all right, and that's, that's uh, how he lived. And so we're going to talk about this thing called, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, being uh, uh, motivated, I think is the word I'm using, motivated uh, by reverence and what that means. Everything he did, he did it as unto the Lord, amen, because of his uh, reverence toward God. In fact, everything you read about, in fact, let's maybe verse 22. That's a good verse. It's, I'm kind of, kind of jumping down in here. Verse 22 of that same chapter says, Thus Noah did, I'm in 622 of Genesis, Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Now, of course, up to that point, see, it's listing everything he was supposed to do concerning the ark. Okay, you're going to build this ark 300 cubits long, which really is 100, a uh, cubic is 18 inches. Okay, so uh, it's 100, pardon me, uh, it is 450 feet long, is how big this thing was. It was, uh, I believe it was 50 cubits wide, which means it was 75 feet wide. And it was, I believe, uh, 30, um, 30 feet or 30 cubits high, which means then it was 45 feet high. That's how big this thing was. Okay, so it was massive structure he built here, this ark. And it, he, you know, of course, built it in multiple layers because it said they had a bottom tier, uh, you know, I think it was like three different tiers in it, and the whole thing was uh, not only was built out of wood, but it then was, it was covered in pitch uh, to keep it waterproof. He explained how to do all that and then everything that was going to, you know, the animals that went into it. But the bottom line is, is this thing probably took, I think most scholars believe it took over 100 years for him to build. When the water began to come down, Noah at that time was 600 years old. So basically, he was roughly around 500 years old when God talked to him about building this. So he had had this relationship with God for hundreds of years, and God began to talk to him about the flood and what was going to happen, build the ark. The water starts coming down. He's about 600 years old. This man actually then um, you know, lived to be 950 years old, the Scripture says. So he lived to be, you know, uh, lived a lot of years, and um, 
even when the whole thing with the flood, when the waters came down, of course, we all know 40 days, 40 nights, the, the, uh, the rain came. I even talks about uh, uh, the earth opening, everything, how the water, that's why there was so much water. But anyway, the point is, is that even while he was on the ark, um, the waters didn't even start to subside until after 150 days. I'm just little tidbits here to put this out here, just told you about the magnitude of this. 150 days before the water even started subsiding, and then it was in like another 40 days till it, you know, it settled on in, out, out there in, uh, you know, in the Mount Ararat out there, and then, um, you know, it even several days before they even got to come out of the ark. So he roughly was in that ark for, you know, 200 days. You know, it was it was a it was a while. Okay, so you can imagine now everything that's going on in this man. Okay. Okay, he's living in a generation that's pretty corrupt, and God instructs, instructs him what he's going to do and, and what he needed to do for him. And then, basically, he does that, you know, over 100 years, building this thing. Finally, everything starts happening. He's on that ark for, for 200 days, maybe 200 plus days. Um, and then, you know, then it goes from there. And you think about everything that this man did and, and why he fulfilled it and did it to uh, the way it was supposed to be done. And it all was because the man was motivated by reverence. Okay, so that we're talking about his submission to God, his obedience to God, um, his, uh, you know, yielding to God, uh, his respect, his honor to God. Everything and all it spells, when you, when you start breaking this all, all it is is the fear of God. He walked in the fear of the Lord. Okay, that's what he did. All right, so we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord today. And uh, so uh, maybe real quick, I mean, I'll throw a couple other individuals at you. Um, because when you get to talking about the fear of God, um, you know, you got to understand what it actually means. Okay, because a lot of people say they fear God and they don't. Okay, they're saved and not taken away from their salvation. Uh, but to, to, to say that you fear God, okay, it means something, all right? And, uh, and that's what we want to touch on today. And this is why this man Noah did what he did, even with the length of time that, you know, and, and probably everything he put up with, you know, uh, you know, just you can imagine, okay, just, uh, you know, the stuff that he had to deal with. And then here he went through it and did it all the way he was supposed to and, you know, Phenomenal, phenomenal things, okay? So I get reminded, when I start talking about the fear of the Lord, I get reminded of people like Abraham, okay? When Abraham was willing to offer up Isaac on the altar, okay? The word says, you know, of course, God stopped him, and uh, he was willing to do it because God asked him to. Now, you know as well as I do, God ain't asking nobody to kill their kid, but, but he was willing, he wanted to know, are you willing to offer up the thing that's most precious to you and follow me? And he was. He was willing to do that. It was pretty, pretty phenomenal deal there. And um, the word says that when he was about to offer up Isaac, that the Lord stopped him. Okay. And the word, this is what he said. He said, now I know that you fear the Lord. Okay. Why is that? Well, because he's willing to follow whatever God asked to do what's right. Okay. He proved that. Abraham proved that. Okay. That's just like Noah. Noah's willing to prove that. I think of people like uh, Joseph, for instance. And, of course, we touched on, you know, all these men. 
But Joseph, the word was very clear that when uh, he said, why would I sin against God for I fear God, okay? And remember when, when uh, you know, uh, um, when he was, you know, the temptation of, uh, you know, uh, Potiphar's wife, okay, and that whole situation there, uh, you know, he refused to do that. He refused, okay, to, now listen, he refused to do what he shouldn't do. Okay, so he knew this would violate my convictions or this would violate my God, so he wouldn't do it. Now, I'm saying all this for a reason, because when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is being willing to do what's right or what you've been asked by God, and it also is the willingness to not do what you shouldn't do. Because you know that's the way it should be. So that's what, when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, so you could say all day long that I walk in the fear of the Lord, but if you're going to still keep doing things that you know you shouldn't do, or you're going to uh, not do what you know you should do, okay, then, then we're lacking something here, okay? And we just have to understand that. Now, there's no condemnation. We're not, ser- we're not speaking this to beat on anybody. We're just saying that a lot of times there's a misunderstanding of what the fear of the Lord is, okay? Um, and so we're going we're gonna to define that. So what we're going to do is we're going to right now go then to uh, Proverbs chapter 9. That's where we're going to start on this, Proverbs 9. All right, so I said a lot there, all right? So, but we're going to hopefully now take the rest of the service and define what this means because this is what Noah walked in. Noah walked in the fear of the Lord, and that's why he was motivated by reverence, okay, to do what was right, all right? Uh, Proverbs 9, and I'm going to go to verse 10. Uh, It says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And it goes on it says, for by me your days will be multi- multiplied, your years of life will be added to you. So just talking about there's a benefit to this. But he says, the fear of the Lord, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, now let's, I'm going to explain that here, but let's get back to chapter 1 now of Proverbs. All right, let's look at these things. And hopefully you get something out of this, all right? I'm believing this, uh, uh, this will help you, all right? Chapter 1 of Proverbs, verse 7, please. It says now here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, that's what it says here. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, chapter 9 says the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, so now what he's bringing out here, talking about doing. What see, when wisdom begins to talk or when God's trying to give you instruction, give you understanding, give you knowledge about something, trying to walk you through something, trying to lead you. That's what it's referring to here. God's trying to, through one way or another, trying to instruct you, to help you, to move forward, to, uh, to do what's right, uh, to be in the right place at the right time, to, uh, to stay clear of this. And God, the whole time, by the Spirit of God, is trying to help you, okay? But then it says here, but a fool despises wisdom and instruction. And what that means is, okay, that you're not willing to follow instruction. You're not willing to follow 
the wisdom. You're not willing to follow, uh, you know, the, the, the knowledge that's been given to you, okay? So, of course, in context, talking about from God, right, from the Spirit of God. Now, the reason that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge, okay, what you, the reason is because it comes down to this. There's no sense of having any wisdom or understanding or knowledge or instruction if you ain't going to follow it. That's what he's bringing out. So you got to be, you got to have enough, you got to be motivated enough by the reverence of God that when God begins to talk to you about something, you're willing to do it. Because he's saying this, it's the beginning, it's how it starts. Because if, you, if you're not going to follow when he leads, then there's no sense, there's no, there's no reason for wisdom. There's no reason for uh, the knowledge from above. There's no reason for, for instruction if you're not going to follow it. Okay, that's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. Okay, all right. Now, um, let's see. We'll go to, uh, well, I'll just tell you what. Let me just say this. Matthew 7 is a, is a good example of this. Matthew 7 brings out that the difference between wisdom and foolishness, and that's kind of what he says here, okay? So he's talking about, you know, it's a fool, right? The fool despises wisdom and instruction. So why does he say it that way? Well, because the, dif the, the difference between wisdom and the fool, the wise and the foolish, is whether or not they're willing to follow, willing to do. That was the difference. If you look what Jesus brought, the whole story, uh, you know, the, the one that built his house on the sand, the one that built his house on the rock, uh, you know, the wise was the one that was willing to do what was right, to follow the instructions, follow what was done. The fool was, wouldn't follow the instructions. As a result of it, his house ends up going downstream uh, in the storm, okay? Now, just understand that. That's what he's talking about. That's the same thing that, that Solomon's bringing out right here in Proverbs, okay? Now, in fact, let's, let's go a little bit further down here. Maybe I'll just bring it out. I kind of debated on maybe reading more of this, but I think I will. Uh, verse 22, I'm kind of jumping in. Wisdom, the spirit of wisdom is now is trying to instruct and, and, and help somebody here. And it said this in verse 22 of chapter 1 of Proverbs. I hope you're following here, okay? Uh, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity for scorners delight in their scorning, okay, and fools hate knowledge. He's saying the same thing here now. Turn at my rebuke. In other words, hey, I'm trying to help you here, all right? I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to instruct you here, all right? Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Okay, now listen. Because I have called and you refused, okay? I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded it. I mean, I'm trying to help you here, but you're not giving heed to anything. Okay, this is what this whole proverb is about. In fact, I challenge you, go back and read all through this, okay, because this is what it's talking about. It's trying to explain to you the fear of the Lord, okay, because God is constantly trying to instruct us and help us. By the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom is there. God is not trying to leave anybody in the dark. He's always trying to get uh, some understanding to you, always trying to get insight from above. He's always trying to get the wisdom from above to you all the time. But see, the problem is we can't get people to listen. See, that's the thing, see? See, it starts, see, the beginning of this is you and me being willing, okay, to follow when he, when he instructs. See, that's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning because it really just starts right there. Are we going to follow when he leads? Okay, now let's, let's, let's pick up with this again. Verse 25 now. Because you disdained all my counsel or my advice and would have none of my rebuke or my correction, 
And it says, then I also will laugh at your calamity and I will mock when your terror comes. Somebody said, well, that ain't fun. Well, it ain't fun. But it, it really, what it means when you study it out, it just means to shake the head and sigh. So that's what it means. So in other words, you're not going to listen. You're not going to follow. So he, he sits there and he just shakes his head and just, <sighs> that's what it means. Okay. You're not listening. You're not giving heed to this. Okay. Now listen. Okay. Verse 27 now. All right. When your terror comes like a storm. Now all hell's breaking loose. What he's talking about now. That's what Jesus was talking about. Here comes the storms of life. And the problem is you won't follow. You won't listen. So now what happened? Your, 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 your life's going down the toilet. Okay. Your life's going downstream because you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't follow. Okay. So here now he says, your terror comes like a storm. Your destruction comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me, and I will not answer, and they will, not, and they will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Why? Well, it says, because, verse 29, they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So you won't give heed to anything, I say. So pretty soon, there's no reason to say anything because you don't give heed to anything. Okay? Now, listen, I'm, you know, uh, maybe I'm kind of a little intense with it, but the, the bottom line is, uh, it comes down to this for you and me as children of God. We can talk all day about, you know, we love God, we serve God, we, we have the fear of God, but it comes down to this. Are you following God? Okay, so when God begins to talk to you about your attitude, do you give heed to it? When God begins to talk to you about your mouth, do you give heed to it? When God talks to you about being, being nice or being kind to something or, or, or somebody or, 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 or do this or do that, do you follow? When God gives you instruction about you know, a principle or a statute or a, an utterance about something, do you follow that? Amen. If you're not going to follow that, then don't go around telling everybody you fear God because you don't fear God. You have no, you're not motivated by reverence. Okay, You're motivated by your own, uh, your own uh, concerns. You're motivated by your own uh, whatever. Okay, it, it usually is a self-mode. For some reason, you're maybe either fearful of doing it or uh, uh, you don't understand what's going on, so you just choose not to do it. Uh, you procrastinate, whatever it is. Now, listen, I'm not trying to hammer on people. I'm just telling to show you, okay, the magnitude of what Noah did, okay, went against all natural reasoning. But the word said he was motivated by reverence. He did what was right because that's what the Lord asked. So he did it. People like Abraham, Joseph, Moses, a lot of these walked in the fear of the Lord because they did, even though, all right, it went against their flesh, even though it went against their natural thinking, even though, remember now he said too in, in uh, Hebrews 11, you know, even though something had never been seen, God's talking about something that had never been seen. So he's doing what he did by building the ark concerning a word that came to him about something ahead that had never been seen. So, that, I mean, we're talking about, that's being motivated by reverence, okay? I'm building this thing, and we're talking about over 100 years building this thing, okay? I'm just saying, this man, you can imagine how, uh, you know, how steadfast this man was, okay? Uh, so, uh, anyway, pretty impressive. All right. I mean, God just talks to us about our attitude and we have a fit or talks to us about, you know, being nice to somebody and we don't want to do it. You know what I mean? I just so anyway, uh, so where we're at and, uh, you know, is, you know, well, anyway, I'll just say it this. That what we're trying to do here is show you what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord. All right. All right. 
Uh, let's, let's read on here. And I'll, I'll read verse 29 again. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Okay? So in other words, he says this. I've been telling you, been showing you. Now all of a sudden, all hell's breaking loose. And you're all upset. Okay? You're looking now to get, get bailed out. Okay? But the problem was, you don't ever give heed to it. So there you go. They would have none, verse 30, they would have none of my counsel, and they despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now, some translations say prosperity, but the word actually there, complacent, means security. In other words, they leaned on their own security, okay, their own thinking, their own substance, their own strength. That's what he's talking about. In other words, you, you rely more on your own security about whatever you, you know, whatever you have, your own abilities, okay, instead of leaning on God. Now listen, verse 33 now. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Now that's what everybody wants, verse 33. Everybody wants verse 33. All right? See, we'll dwell safely and we'll be secure without fear of evil, okay, without issues and problems, okay? So what I'm saying is what determines that is listening and following, okay? And according to this, he refers to it as the fear of the Lord, okay? Let me show you a reference here in chapter 19 of Proverbs. Proverbs 19, let's see here, verse 23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it, in other words, the fear of the Lord, will abide satisfied, okay, or abide in satisfaction, okay, which means um, uh, everything fulfilled, the needs met, um, your desires met, that's what it's talking about. But here's the end of it. And he will not be visited with evil. Okay? All right? That means overcome by calamity, overcome by uh, misery or grief. Okay? Okay, so it uh, doesn't mean that you're excluded. There are sometimes pressures here and there. But this talks about, man, we're talking about some demonic activity going on that, you know, you can, be, you can walk free from, okay, if you just follow God. You know, we talked about a lot of times about Psalms 91. We bring out where uh, the Word talks about, you know, when you enter into that secret place and you begin to connect with God, the Word says He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Well, the only way you get delivered from the snare of the fowler is by, by hearing and following God, okay, when you begin to commune with God. And that's what Noah did. See, Noah walked or communed or fellowshiped with God, got instruction, did what he was supposed to do. Even though it went cross-grain with everything in the natural, your way of thinking, your own minds, how you see things, how the public sees it, how this or that, whatever, okay, but regardless, he did it, all right, thus walking in the fear of the Lord. See, the fear of the Lord is really about being willing to do what you know you're supposed to do and being willing to not do the things you know you shouldn't do. When the Spirit of God says, shut your mouth, what do you do? Do you go on and, and still talk? Do you go on and still say what you, you, you feel you want to say? Or do you, do you hush your mouth? Okay, when the Spirit of the Lord says, help that individual, do you do it or you, get, you go into a little tizzy fit because you, you don't want to help them or something? You know, I'm not, you know I could come up with a, a hundred different, you know, uh, different examples here, but the bottom line is we're talking about 
you know, um, you know, following God every day, doing some of the simple little things, all right? He's not asking you to go build an ark. Well, I don't think. But you know what I'm saying. He's not asking you to do that. Okay, he's just asking you to uh, have a good attitude about something or just ask, talking to you about helping your neighbor or talking to you about, uh, you know, not saying that or whatever, you know. So the point is we can say all day long that we're walking in the fear of the Lord and not obeying anything. And that's what he's bringing out, you know, there in, in Proverbs 1 is that, uh, you know, you got all this hell breaking loose in your life because you just won't follow, okay, because you lack that uh, being motivated by reverence. All right, so let's look at another text here. Um, I'm going to go to Ecclesiastes 12, which is the last chapter and almost the last verse. Now, I'm, I'm bringing this out uh, because, you know, um, the one that wrote all this was Solomon, okay? Um, now, Solomon had a little issue toward the end there, but Solomon, who was at the time the wisest man, and, you know, as far as, uh, you know, knowing more, understanding more, and the richest man, he could still be possibly the richest man that ever lived on the planet. Um, you know, I know we got a lot of billionaires now, but I, I don't know really if it even compared to what kind of wealth this man had and really this kind of wisdom that he had. But I'm just letting you be known. He says this in verse 13 of chapter 12, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, the conclusion. Now, in Proverbs, he says, this is the beginning of it. Here he says, this is the conclusion of it. So I'm just trying to let you know that when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, it's the beginning and the conclusion of the whole matter. Solomon is trying to let you know, this is how it starts, this is how it ends. You follow God. You you, have, you be motivated enough by reverence that when the Spirit of God begins to talk to you about something, you follow it. When He gives you instruction, He gives you rebuke, He gives you counsel, He gives you insight, be willing to follow it. Okay, when He's willing to help and do something, be willing to let Him do it. Or if He says, do this, be willing to do that. Build this, be willing to build that. Help, help this individual, be willing to do that. Okay, and so it's that simple. All right. If God tells you to wear red socks to work, wear red socks to work. You know? And uh, somebody said, well, why would God ever tell you to do that? I always kind of, you know, I used to kind of use that as an illustration, you know, for years. And uh, the Spirit of God brought something to my attention one time about an individual that um, had said that if uh, it was something that he had, you know, something that I had to, um, person that I knew at the workplace, and, uh, of course, this is now 20, you know, 20, maybe 30 years back now, actually about 30 years back. And uh, this individual had, had told the Lord, well, if Pastor Jerry uh, um, does this or says this, I can't remember now what the ex exact thing was, but he said, if he does that, I'll, I'll know that, you, uh, that you're real and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll accept you in my life. That's what he said. And so the next day, of course, I show up and... I did what this individual told the Lord that if I do that, and I did that, and as a result of it, this man come to, come to the Lord. Now, you think that's something that simple, but, you know, you don't know. Uh, somebody says, you know, uh, you know if, 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 if that person wears red socks to work tomorrow, I'll, I'll, I'll know it was you, and I'll 
submit my life to you. Well, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God starts talking to that individual. So wear red socks tomorrow. Well, you do whatever it takes to wear red socks, okay? It might be something that simple, okay? But it might be the difference between uh, somebody coming into the kingdom uh, coming into the kingdom or not. Now, it might be sounds kind of like a silly thing, but the point is there's a lot of people come into the kingdom for sillier things. And so when God begins to lead you and instruct you about something, sometimes you don't have a clue the magnitude of what something can uh, you know, what something can, what can come out of that, okay? You know, when in one person, go in and instruct, say something to one person, and that person goes on, you know, you hear about stuff, you know, uh, that could be the next Billy Graham, okay? And be all because somebody followed God and said exactly what God had asked them to say, all right? I had things in my own life when we were raising our kids, and, and the Spirit of God would tell me, okay, uh, you know, you, know, you want to handle something a certain way, and the Spirit of God says, don't do that. Say this. And so you stop, and you do it, and you say it just the way he said it, and you got results, okay? That's why he said, you know, I, your life can be so much better if you just are motivated by reverence, okay? And again, when I'm talking about being motivated by reverence, I'm not saying that you got to, you, you know, you got to, you know, uh, be some goody two-shoes. Uh, you know, in light, that's, he's talking about following him when he leads, okay? That's what it's dealing with, okay? Let's uh, read on here. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. goes on to say, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or, or evil. But verse 13 again, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Now, this word commandments means utterances, principles, or statutes, not referring to necessarily the, you know, keep the Ten Commandments, okay? I'm not taking away from that either, but I'm just saying that it's talking about here his utterances, okay? And this is, remember, this is Solomon talking about this, all right? For this is man's all, or the whole of man, okay? Now, um, uh, here's the Amplified, okay? It says this, all has been heard, uh, the end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship Him, knowing that He is, and keep His commandments or utterances, right? For this is the whole of man, the full, I love this, the full original purpose of His creation, the object of God's providence, okay, the root of character, get this, the foundation of all happiness, all right, the adjustment of to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun and the whole duty of man. In other words, all these things, if you want things to be right, just follow God. You want the right character? Follow God. You want, you want happiness in, in areas of your life? Follow God. If you want adjustments and stuff that's out of whack and, and chaotic, follow God. This is what it means, Okay. So think about how many things in our life could be changed, adjusted, made right just by following God. All right? Oh boy, I hope you're hearing this. All right? I was thinking of um, a reference, uh, a couple of them actually, in Psalms. Uh, Psalms 14, also Psalms uh, 53, I believe it is. And both of them are the first verse in the chapter. And it says this, um, uh, that this, uh, let me, in fact, let me read it to you. I'm going to read one of them to you. I'm going to go to Psalms 14. <clears throat> I just don't want to misquote it either. So but Psalms 14 it says this, verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 
a fool, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And actually, if you look that up in the Hebrew, in both that chapter and chapter 53, it says this, the fool has said in his heart, no, God. That's what it means. Just said no. In other words, whatever God's asking, whatever God's talking to him about, okay, it didn't say that they, they're, they're saying there is no God. They're just saying no to God. Now, again, that goes back to, remember, Matthew 7, when Jesus said, this is the difference between the wise and the fool. The wise says, I'll follow. The fool says, no. That's what he said there in Proverbs 1. What the wise says, yes. The fool says, no. That's the difference. Okay? So if you're going to walk in the fear of the Lord, you're going to be motivated by reverence. You're going to have to be willing to follow as God leads. All right? And it's in those little, bidding, those little biddings and promptings, those little, uh, little nudges by the Spirit of God. You got to be willing to do those things, all right? You know, we start talking about following God, and somebody says, "Well, you know, if you know if God ever called me to Timbuktu, I'm going to go to Timbuktu." Well, I, I'd hope you would if He called you there, but uh, you know, sometimes we we get to looking at following God like it's just dealing with these big giant instructions when all along it's probably just something real simple. Okay, how about put a smile on your face? Okay. He might be talking to you about your attitude or something or about, you know, I mean, we can go into all them things again. You know, it's just the point is, is following God is in everyday things. That's why uh, in that last text there, you know, we can, everything that's chaotic, we can bring back into order. Uh, we can, uh, you know, everything that's, uh, you know, it just, it just all those things, that character building. Think about this in character, your own character, the root of character uh, is, is about following God. If you think about it, okay, how do you change your character? Follow God every day. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe at one time your character wasn't so good, but you start following God, all of a sudden God changes your character. Amen. And now you get, you're gaining His identity and walking in who you are as a child of God, all because you're willing to just follow in the little things. All right? Anyway, uh, let's, let's go now back to, uh, we're in Psalms. Let's, uh, let's go to chapter 25. Chapter 25. Now, what I want to do here um, for the rest of this um, is I want to show you just even again some more benefits, if I can say that, maybe promises or maybe beneficial results to walking in the fear of the Lord because um, it's the beginning and it's the conclusion of the whole matter. All right? Um, this is what Noah brought to the table. This is Noah's example us, okay, a man who is motivated by reverence, okay, so uh, verse 20, or chapter 25, and let's go to uh, verse 12, and it says, who is the man that fears the Lord, he's asking the question, him shall he teach in the way he chooses, in other words, he's going to be teachable, right, he himself shall dwell in prosperity, okay, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. Now, these are promises. So what do we see here? We see one's going to dwell in prosperity. You want your needs met? There it is. All right. Uh, you're going to, your descendants, in other words, your children, shall inherit the earth. So it's going to be passed on to the next generation. Now, we're talking about people that have the fear of the Lord. 
Okay, in other words, they're motivated by reverence. Okay, so it's not only going to affect you, it's going to affect your family, right? All right, here, let's go on. It says that his secrets will be released, right? So in other words, there's going to be uh, secrets that, that the insights, those little hidden things that are going to be revealed to you. It goes on to talk about his covenant's going to be revealed to you. All right, he's going to show them a reveal. That's what it means, to reveal his covenant. So there's going to be insights about God and God's ways that are going to be revealed to you. Okay, all because you have a reverence for God. You're motivated by reverence. Okay, let's look at another one. We'll go to Psalms 31 now. We'll just kind of probably finish it out today with some things out of Psalms. Okay, Psalms 31, let's go to verse 19 and 20. It says this, <clears throat> verse 19 says, how, uh, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. In other words, have the walk in the fear of the Lord, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots or the scheming, okay, uh, which also means um, scandals, okay, the scandals of men, all right. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion, in other words, keep you covered and protected from the strife of tongues, okay. So what, do you, what happens in this text? Well, you see, uh, there's, uh, you're going to be hidden in the secret place, you're going to be delivered from the scandals of men, okay? All kinds of stuff that gets said and done out there. But if you will just keep following God, God will deliver you from all of it, all right? That's a promise. Now, the reason that's, that's necessary is because what happens with some of these things, when you get to studying this, this is what happens for most people. These things go on, and we get caught up in it. Next thing you know, we're, we're trying to defend ourselves. We're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to, you know, in our own strength, our, you know, our own words, our own whatever, you know, we're trying to defend ourselves. And what happens is you just end up sometimes making things worse. And sometimes the Spirit of the Lord is trying to tell you, hush, let me handle this. All right? Just leave it alone. All right? And, and so we're talking about if you just follow God, God will take care of you. God's got your back. All right? We can go to half a dozen verses on just that alone where God's got your back, all right, if you just let Him handle it, all right, and follow Him, all right. Sometimes He does give you a word to say. Sometimes there is something you need to say. But sometimes, and I find probably most of the time, it's just let something go and let the Spirit of God handle it, all right. And that's why we, that's why we want to walk in, the, in, in uh, be motivated by reverence, praise God. Let's look at another reference here. Let's go to Psalm 34 now. All right, Psalm 34. And verse 7, yeah, 7 through, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 here, says this, uh, The angel of the Lord encamps, in other words, surrounds all those around, all around those who fear him. Okay, walk in reverence, right? Uh, and he delivers him, right, or delivers them, right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want, all right, no lack to those who fear Him. All right, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Okay, so he's dealing with fear of the Lord. So what, what kind of benefits we got out of this? Okay, we see angelic support. Uh, it says here you, you're not going to lack any good thing. I mean, that's a good thing. that You're not going to walk in lack. Okay, you're not going to have want. Okay, again, these are promises to walking in the fear of the Lord, all right? Uh, you know, that goes back with uh, Proverbs 1, talking about being 
secure and safe, right? Because you followed him, all right? You're listening and following him. And uh, no evil is going to visit you. No evil is going to come upon you if you will just follow him. You're going to be delivered from the snare of the fowler if you just follow him, all right? Now, I'm just telling you, you know, I've uh, said this multiple times. Uh, I, I don't know if you can never say it enough, okay? And that is this, okay? Uh, think about all the things that we need a miracle for, okay? Now, if you need a miracle, let's, let's believe for one and let's get it, okay? No matter what, okay? But think about all the things that we need a breakthrough in, we need a miracle from, we need delivered from, uh, uh, to get free from some demonic whatever, okay? How much of that maybe we could have avoided in our life if we would have just every day followed God? Now, you know as well as I do, ain't none of us done this right yet, perfect yet. There's only one that's done it right and perfect, and that was Jesus, all right? But if you stop and you think about Jesus' life, what did he say? He said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. And that's what he did. And as a result of it, he was always in the right place at the right time. Signs, wonders, miracles, okay? People delivered, people set free. And the man goes on and delivers the whole planet, praise God, because he, 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 he did what he was supposed to do, amen. And as a result of it, we can walk free today, Amen, because he was willing to follow, amen, his heavenly father. All right? Now, okay, you and me, we've, none of us have done this all perfect yet, okay? But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't at least start striving for it. All right? So you and me, we're called to follow God in the little things. All right? And I have found anyway, it's, it's usually the little things. It's, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, the Scripture says. And what that means is it's just those little things sometimes that messes up your day, okay? So if we would just, uh, you know, follow God in the little things, you might be amazed at how your day go. Amen. Again, I'm not excluding the fact that the enemy's not going to try or try to pressure you or try to help, help you or hurt you with something, okay? But if you follow God, you'll get delivered from all that. We're, we like you know I think it was just a couple services ago we talked about how you'll get delivered from them all if you just lean on him and follow him. All right, now let's look at uh, let's go to Psalms one twelve, kind of wrapping it up here. Psalms one twelve. And I don't know that I'm going to read all of this. Uh, no, I'm not going to just for sake of time. But Psalms 112, just, it just starts off, uh, says this, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands or his utterances. Okay, again, biddings, promptings, instructions. That's what that means. Okay, so uh, blessed is the man. Okay, so you're empowered, right? So if you, if, in fact, I challenge you when you, in your spare time, go back, read all through Psalms 112. Okay, just promise after promise after promise after promise, okay? And it starts off how? With the fear of the Lord. That's where it begins, amen? And that's also the conclusion of everything, okay? So uh, what, what happens in Psalms 112? Well, it talks about being blessed, right? So you're empowered to excel, to prosper, to succeed. It talks about in there about being endowed to progress, advance, and increase. All of that's what that's all dealing with, okay? So just by walking in the fear of the Lord. Okay, let's look at another one, Psalms 128. I know I've kind of sped through that one, but I challenge you to go back later and read all through it. Uh, and probably even the same here with Psalms 128. You know, take the time, read all through this. 
Verse 1 says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. Okay, so again, talking about fearing the Lord, so you're blessed and empowered, right? And the whole thing in this psalm, it deals with being blessed in your household, blessed in your marriage, your children, and it even says a prosperous job. Okay, all that starts with walking in the fear of the Lord. Remember, it's the beginning, right? And it's the conclusion of the whole matter. Okay? So being motivated by reverence. You want the blessing in your household? Be motivated by reverence. You want the blessing in your job? Amen? You want the, you want the promotion? Be motivated by reverence. That's why, you, you know, everything we've talked about in previous services, you know, being, you know you're, you're doing this as unto the Lord. Well, I, this, this is what I'm supposed to do, how I live. I do this because it's what's right. I don't do that because that's wrong. All right? I walk with conviction. I walk with assurance, uh, confidence in God, trust in God, reliance and dependence upon God because that's who I trust in. That's who I lean on. That's who I receive my instructions from. Amen. And that's because I'm motivated by reverence. That's what you got to settle it. I'm going to be motivated by reverence. All right? Because I do it as unto the Lord. Why do I do that? It's for the Lord. Why do I not do that? Because of the Lord. All right? Let's look at one more, and I'll let you go. Psalms 145. Uh, verse 19. Again, kind of just jumping in here, but verse 19 says, He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Amen. Hallelujah. Of course, much more even in this. But, but there you go. Just in that alone, your, your desire is being fulfilled. And to me, I just look at it this and what you see through this. He'll give you the victory if you, just, if you just walk in reverence. If you're motivated by reverence, you win. Okay, so a lot said. Felt like I really sped through this. But um, I just I can't say this enough. You know, I know in our society as a whole, okay, uh, maybe in some ways it's comparative to what Noah's generation was like. I don't know, okay? Maybe, all right? Um, did it, was it, has it been that bad? I don't know. Is it, has it ever been this bad? I don't know, okay? I, you know, all I know is that there's a lot out there. It is dark. There's a lot of mess going on, a lot of stuff happening. But you're still a child of God. I said, you're still a child of God. Let me say it one more time. You're still a child of God. Okay, so God is who you follow. And if you're motivated by reverence, all these promises are yours. Okay, God's got your back, even in the midst of a dark and crooked and perverse generation. All right, so that's what we do. All right, that's what we do. You know, years ago, you know, this may be a little rabbit trail here, but Years ago, you know, it used to be, uh, you know, communities, even though maybe whether they served God or not, they did certain things because out of respect and reverence toward God. You don't see that so much anymore, okay? They wouldn't do certain things on uh, the day of the Lord. They wouldn't do things during church times, even though whether they served God or not, they wouldn't do certain things because out of respect to the house of God, the things of God, the people of God, all right? Out of respect. Well, you just don't see that kind of thing as much anymore, all right? But that still doesn't exclude you and me from following God because all these promises are still true. 
even in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, these promises are still true to you and me if we will follow when He leads. That's the key. That's the difference between being wise or being a fool. Okay? And, you know, as we started this thing, talking about, you know, the fear of God in, in Proverbs 1, it talks about all hell breaking loose because uh, they just were being foolish. And a lot of times, that's why we got all hell breaking loose around our lives, because we're being foolish, because God instructs and leads about certain things, and because it didn't, didn't pan out with our head, uh, it didn't look right, it didn't seem right, but, you know, and the whole time, God's trying to walk you through something, okay, trying to show you something, trying to help you with this, trying to give you instruction, maybe even a word of rebuke. I mean, there's been many times a word of rebuke to me from the Spirit of God, save my bacon, okay? Just a simple, Jerry, knock it off. You have no business thinking that way. Or you overlook this, or you, you need to take care of this, uh, whatever. I mean, I've, I, I can't even tell you how many times just even a word of instruction or rebuke, even a word of correction that came to me by the Spirit of God that just lined me up, amen, and got my head right, got my heart right, got my mouth right, whatever. And, and, and then all of a sudden, things begin to shift and change. All of a sudden, the atmosphere and environment around you begins to shift and change. Now, God, see, now it's conducive for God to move. And this is what we're talking about. All right. Father, we give praise and glory once again. Thank you for these principles. Thank you for the man... Uh, Noah, we just thankful, Lord God, for his life and all that he did and, and the example that he is to all of us today. And Father, we're thankful for a people of God that had an ear to hear today, hallelujah, a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord, for opening the eyes of our understanding, that we have a little clearer understanding of what it means uh, to be motivated by reverence, to walk in the fear of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord God. For those that do that and walk that, forgive us for the times that we did not do that. But, Lord, our heart is to, to walk this, to live this, and do what's right. Praise God. Regardless of what's going on around us and the day that we're living in. Praise God. We choose you. We choose life. We choose the fear of the Lord. And we give praise and honor for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.